0: Everybody out this morning, good crowd this morning, let's go ahead and get started. Let's all stand pace 305. On a hill far away stood an old cross In blue of suffering and shame I love you. One attraction for me for the big Bonjour. was on. Sad oh.
1: God's people said, amen. amen, good to see you this morning on Easter sunrise service, I've got good, wonderful, precious news for every one of us, Jesus Christ is alive, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Woo! we don't serve a dead God, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, amen, good to see all of you this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer, I want the Lord to meet with us all day today, So it's good to have Brother Stanley Jackson in with us this morning. Brother Stanley, you pray.
0: Let's do one more song. If you're able to remain standing, page. Well, no page, just in the choir book. So, God said His son.
1: This morning, It is Easter Sunday and what a day, what a day, what a day to celebrate the, the life of Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad to have Brother Chris Cornett in with us this morning. On Easter sunrise we, we have just a regular service. We just get together as God's people. We enjoy the resurrected Christ together. Listen to his word preached. But one day... One day, all of that will be over. and We'll go home and be with the one who made it all possible, and we'll see him. I'll never forget what Maria Podborski used to do, deaf, couldn't hear a thing. She'd get up here and sing to tape music, couldn't hear a thing. She had to have the music so loud that it would vibrate the floor so she would know when to come in on cue, and she wouldn't miss a beat she would sing that song about being seeing him face to face and she would do this face to face <laughs> one day we're going to see him face to face what a day that's going to be when we see the one who made all of this possible you realize without jesus christ you wouldn't even be here you wouldn't even have a breath of air in your lungs had it not been for jesus christ and thank God, thank God, He is alive, He's alive, He's alive. He's a very much alive in, in, this, in this universe. He's very much alive in this world. But thank God, He's very much alive inside of me. Amen. I talked to Him this morning and everything's okay. Amen. Amen. Brother Chris, Dr. Chris Cornett. All the way from Wahoo Baptist Church, he's traveled many miles to be with us this morning. You come on and be with us. Praise to us.
2: Amen. If you got your Bible, turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number sixteen, and uh, check my time. I got one minute to preach, according to my mom. And uh, if any of you know her, you're you're familiar with her. She's not joking. Uh, that's the, the sad thing. My mother-in-law, um, I feel like uh, Elisha, God gave me a double portion with my mom and my mother-in-law. And they were asking what time uh, my mother-in-law was. She said, uh, what time sunrise? And kind of hitting toward that's when you're supposed to preach till. And my mom said 7:11. 11 I was like, well, Terry needs to get on the ball. We only got 11 minutes. And uh, I know you're tired. Uh, woke up early and, and, uh, my biggest prayer is that, um, we would get excited about what today truly is. And, uh, it's not, I'm thankful it's not another holiday. Um, it's not, a another weekend to spend with family, even though those things are good things, but man, it, it I mean, this is the real deal. I mean, and I am very, very thankful, um what some of my favorite lines in that song it talks about he lives and uh man i'm thankful he lives and i can face tomorrow and uh even when i'm fearful one don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but uh, my my favorite line is makes life worth the living and uh i'm serious you ever get jesus in your life it'll make your life a whole lot more enjoyable And uh, if you're able to, let's stand. Uh, Y'all pray for me. It's not necessarily a um, resurrection message, even though I'll I'll highlight kind of a little bit. uh, Something I've really had on my heart, a very, very heavy burden. And uh, I ask you to pray for me. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. And fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, now y'all have to forgive me, whenever I hear that phrase, it's my junior church training, I'm, I'm about to break out in song, we're going to say many sons and many sons had Father Abraham, and uh, so I'm going to skip over that, we ain't going to do that this morning, uh, but it says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass uh, to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful morning. Uh, I'm reminded really of a word in the Bible. It's only said one time when King David is talking about your house and the temple where you'll reside. He he calls it magnificent, And uh, today is a magnificent day. And uh, it's all because of you and what you did. Nothing that any man, a woman, boy or girl could ever conjure up or think of but all because of what you did at Calvary and all, all because of you being the Son of God got up on the third and wonderful morning to give us victory in this life and, and to remove the, the sting of death and to remove uh, the penalty for sin, and that is a place called hell. And, Lord, I am very, very thankful for that. I'm thankful at 19 years old you changed my life, and, uh, Lord, I've never been the same since you came into my life, and I am so very thankful for that. Lord, I pray this morning that uh, every time I preach or every time I teach, Lord, I pray that the Son of God would be magnified and exalted above anything uh, that we could ever think of. Lord, I am so very thankful for a man named Jesus. And Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning. Lord, wake us up physically. I know we're tired. Lord, we got up early, early this morning. and It'll be a long day spent with family and, and friends, and uh, it'll be a good day. But God, I pray for a little while you'd wake us up physically, but also spiritually. And uh, Lord, help me to preach the burden that's been on my heart for quite some time. And we ask these things in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Now, there's some people, when you read this account found in Luke chapter number 16, of this rich man and a beggar by the name of Lazarus, some people uh, w- would say that necessarily it, it is a parable. And If you go study out the difference between parables and actual accounts, stories, as we would call them in the Bible, there's a great difference. In parables, Jesus Christ never mentions anybody by name. Uh, One great example, Brother John, of a a parable that we often preach and teach about is the prodigal son and the father. And you go look at that that, that parable where the, the sheep and the lost silver, the woman that lost the silver in the house and the... The prodigal son and the father and the brother, none of those people are ever mentioned by name. And the reason is because that is a parable. But the difference in a parable and a story is a name. And you might say, Brother Chris, I don't see the rich man's name mentioned right here, so it must be a parable. But I would, I would tell you that, it's, that it is an actual story. There was an actual rich man why? Because the Bible gives record that there was an actual beggar named Lazarus that died. And in the Bible says that he went into Abraham's bosom. So we, we want to get that set forth. We want to to see that this is not a parable. That it, it is not just something that, that, that Jesus kind of gave a heavenly meaning by. Even though I, I really do think there's a lot of meaning in this chapter. But it is a true account. and And it is about a rich man. And it is about this beggar named Lazarus. And and then I began uh, a study in Sunday school some time ago about the different people in the Bible that have no names, that that you do not know who their name is whatsoever. And probably the, the, the one that comes to mind that we often think of is the lad found in all four gospels. He does not have a name and if you were to ask me who's the most famous person in the Bible that doesn't have the name, my mind would go, go to that lad. But we see here in the Bible, this rich man, he doesn't have a name either. He is not mentioned by name, even though probably, I, not probably, but I know beyond a shout out when he was born into this world, his mom and dad uh, gathered around whenever she gave birth to him and and they they thought long and hard ash and i uh, are expecting our first son and, and we thought long and hard about a name that we wanted to name him and uh we there, there's a lot that goes into a name brother john and, and and you take that seriously now some people's names i think man that their parents even think about what they were going to name them uh, but we see that that the bible does not give this rich man a name he, he he's just categorized as a rich man and I I hope and I hope you follow me but there's a reason why this rich man I believe has no name and it's not because he he was not somebody of notoriety or anything like that he was a rich man very wealthy very well known but the reason why he does not have a name is because where the place that he wound up it's in a place called hell And, and I want to show you in scripture why uh, if you die lost without God and you go to a place called hell, you will not have a name there. Your your, your name, we, we focus a lot, Brother John, we we talk about when, when you're saved that your name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but uh, in heaven, the Bible does say about that will be known as we're known. I really do think... Uh, Brother Stanley, when we get to heaven and we see we see King David, we're not going to th- we're not going to sit there and think, oh, I wonder who he is. I have no idea. No, we'll know. Hey, that's David right there. Hey, that's Paul. That's Peter. That's James, and that's John. You might say, Brother Chris, how do you know that? Because I do know. When I get there and I see the Lamb of God sitting upon the throne in heaven, I'm not going to sit there and think, man, I wonder who he is. Uh, he's really shiny. He's really bright. He looks really nice. He sounds good. Hey, no, uh, the first thing that I I'm going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Hey, that's my king. That's the son of God. Hey, and his name is Jesus. And heaven is a place of names. But hell's not. And that that, that has really broken my heart. The fact that we spend a lot of time in this world trying to build a name. Build up a name. Build up this name. This name. But if you're not saved, your name's not going to matter. And we see, first off, in verse number 19, we see the way of this rich man. The Bible is very clear where it says this rich man went. It says in verse number 23, it says, and in hell. It, it leaves no, Brother Terry, it leaves no wandering it leaves no area to the imagination, Brother Derek. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of people say, why? When I close my eyes in death, I just don't know where I'm going to go. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go. i probably just go lay in the pine box and close my eyes. Hey, no, when you die, it's either heaven or it's hell. And, and, and there are two distinct places here. And, and I wish I was preaching about heaven. I really do. I told Ash this morning, I feel, I, I mean, it's kind of one of those messages Jesus would preach and, 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 man, he'd be at the synagogue and, man, he'd start preaching on hell. Jesus preached more on hell than he did heaven ever. And, and we see that hell is an actual place and, and this world and Christianity has become desensitized to this place called hell. And, and, and I kind of understand a little bit because if you think about hell long enough and often enough, man, it'll depress you. It is not something that you think about hell that brings joy. It's not a place that you think about, you're like, man, I can't wait to get there. It's exciting. It makes me happy. No, hell is an actual place where actual people go. Last week, probably very very tragic, and we all know what happened last week when that that person went into that Christian school and and, and murdered those, those six individuals. And I can't help but think, uh, Brother Stanley, that that when when that happened, and I thought about that, and I I got the Fox News update on my phone, and and the first thing that went in my mind, Brother Terry, is, man, if if they weren't saved, they went to hell. But if they were saved, they went to heaven. And I think, Brother John, that Christians, we have missed the mark so completely. We have allowed the world to desensitize this place called hell. They use it in slang terminology. They talk about that it's a state of mind, that is, that is uh, you, you live in that place. And, and what they are doing is they are trying to, to get in their mind and desensitize their brains. But we as a church and as Christians, we've allowed that. Uh, To creep into our churches, we don't like to think about it. We don't like to tell others that, hey, if you don't get saved, uh, you're going to go to a place called hell. But you cannot have a gospel. You cannot have a heaven and there not be a hell. If I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel, Brother Derek, I've got to preach heaven and I've also got to preach hell. Hey, if you're going to witness for Christ, you've got to witness for heaven and you've got to witness for hell. But we don't like to do that. And I understand it's not fun. I mean, nobody likes to be told, "Hey, if you get if you're lost, you're going to hell." I mean, I wouldn't recommend that if you're going on soul winning. I wouldn't recommend that being your first shot. I, I mean, you, you 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 win them a little more with sugar than you do vinegar. Hey, but eventually, you need to tell them, "Hey, if you're not saved, you're going to go to hell." And hey, man, that that breaks my heart. I I I, I walk and I I I gotta. Uh, She's gonna kill me. One of my students is here, and uh, the thing that I think about the most is not test scores, Miss Julie. It's it's not grades. I, I I want them to pass. I want them to do good. But the biggest thing that I think about a lot, Miss Jessica, is I wonder how many of them are saved, and how many of them are gonna go to heaven, and how many of them. We're going to be like this rich man that actually goes to a place called hell. We see this in an actual place, but not only is it an actual place, it's an awful place. It says, and in hell, he lifts up his eyes, being in torment. Not being in happiness, not being in uh, peace, not being in harmony, not being in excitement. But it says in torments, it's an awful place. It's an awful place. Here's the heaven part of the message, Brother Terry. It's an avoidable place. How how do you know that, Brother Chris? Lazarus didn't go there. (laughs) Lazarus avoided it altogether. And, And the reason why he avoided it altogether is because today, like today, the gospel, the resurrection... The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus did not come into this world to save you to go to heaven. Jesus didn't save you to get, to get you out of hell. Jesus saved you to get you back to him. And Jesus saved you to get you out of your sin. sin. Sin has to be punished, Brother John. It has to. It has to. That was the thing about the animal sacrifices. What that did is every Passover, when those lambs were brought into the city of Jerusalem... That's why the 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 Bible says that the 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 blood of bulls and goats it could not it could not do away with the punishment of sin. All it did was cover our sin, and then the next year, brother, uh, brother, it, it had to be covered again, and it had to be covered again, and it had to be covered again. And sin has to be punished. It has to be punished. And that's why, hey, listen, if you go to hell, the, the, uh, your sin will be punished in two ways. One, you'll accept that your sin was punished in the body of Jesus Christ and his death at Calvary. Or you'll spend all of eternity in a place called hell trying to pay for your own sins because of your punishment. That, that Sin has to be punished. There's no way around it. I, I know that's not popular preaching, Brother Derek, but that is Bible, that is Bible, Bible, Bible preaching that needs to be, hey, I tell my junior church kids that are five, six, seven years old, hey, why? Because they need to know that their sin, hey, that they've done and that they were born into, it's got to be paid for, and either they'll pay for it for all of eternity, or they'll accept what Jesus Christ did at Calvary and the payment that he made for sin. Sin's got to be punished. I remember one time, uh, I, b- believe it or not, ones of you that know me, my mouth gets me in a lot of trouble. I know that's a shock. Don't say amen, Miss Kim. <laughs> or mom. <laughs> but I remember one time, it, I think it was, it was Mother's Day, and I did something. And, 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 and mama, she said, she said, son, don't do, do it again. Well, like a fly to water, I did it again. Miss Bobby and... And, and I, I don't know if it was dad or mom that said this, but said, when we get home, you're getting a whooping. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know who it was that said that. So we got home, and I went in the room, Brother John. I'm bawling because I know I'm about to get whooped. I was just praying that it wasn't dad that was going to whoop me, Miss Sue, because he would have killed me. And, and I remember as my mom came in there, and I was like, Whew, thank you, Jesus. But she came in there bawling. And I'm thinking, man, why is she bawling? I, I was like every kid. When they say, man, this is going to hurt you more than, or, or it's going to hurt me more than it hurt you, I'm thinking, well, let's turn the roles around. Let me whoop you. <laughs> but now we're about to have our own son, and I, I understand that now, Ms. Terry. It's not fun. You don't want to do that, but you need to. Right. Why? Disobedience has to be punished. Right. Now, I remember I, my mom, she was crying, I was crying, and she said, hey, hey look, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going you're going to come out of your room and you're going to tell your dad if he asks that you got a whooping and, and I'm not going to whoop you because it's Mother's Day. And I said, praise God. You did. You won here, let me go out and buy you another bouquet of flowers, another, I mean, I can't even drive, I'd, I'd steal them because I didn't want to get whooped. I was like, man, you're the best mom in the world. I escaped the wrath. And I remember it wasn't probably a week later. It wasn't a week later, we were at a restaurant, I did the same exact thing. Mom was in the bathroom, I did it again, Miss Amy. And my dad looked at me and she, he said, Son, did you not learn anything when your mama whooped you for that? And you, you got to forgive me. I was probably, what, 10? 9? I, I was not intelligent. I said, she didn't whoop me. Oh, man. I, it, it was it was It was bad. Sin was, it was about to be punished. Mom was about to be punished. Dad was mad. And, and, and I say that, and that's a funny story, Miss Debbie, but, but disobedience has to be punished. But listen to me, you can avoid the punishment. It blows my mind. I told Ash this, we live in a world where everybody wants something for nothing. Yep, yep. They, they, they want to avoid responsibility. They want to avoid payment. But it blows my mind, Brother Tim, that they can avoid the payment of sin. They don't want it. I mean, it's, it's paid for. It, it's bought, Brother Ron. You, you can avoid it. We, we want to avoid everything. I mean, if you don't believe me, come, come teenagers, man, they, they avoid work. They don't want to work. They don't want to do schoolwork. I, look, I was a star pupil. I avoided it like the plague. But listen... Hell is an avoidable place. And man, thank God at 19 years old, I avoided it. And that, that should bring excitement to us. But also, as Christians, we, we need to get sober back to the reality of the where of this rich man. It's a place called hell. It's real, it's awful. Then we see the what of this rich man. Hell's a place of tormenting forces. And you might say, Brother, what's so tormenting about this place? Well, one, it's a place of fire. Matthew 3.12 says this, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Mark 9.44, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. What, what makes hell uh, an awful place and, and, and a place of tormenting forces, as this, this rich man said, that, that, that it's tormenting him, it's a place of fire. I don't know if any of you have done this before, but I like fires. I, I'm a pyromaniac. I like catching things on fire. We go to this nice restaurant in Buckhead, and they had matches. I think they've done away with it now. They put mints there now. They're probably like, man, this kid keeps coming in and grabbing, grabbing matches. Before we ever get to the car, Miss Terry, I'd, I'd light it. I'd light one. I'd light another one. Mom's yelling at me. You, I mean, you know that. You know her probably better than anybody. And, and, and so I'd light it, and then I'd light the rest of the matches on fire. I thought it was fun. But I have burned myself quite a few times. That ain't fun. But it's a place of fire. And I'm going to be honest with you. That the fact that hell is a place of fire should scare you beyond a shadow of a doubt never to go there. But I don't think the fact that it's a place of fire is the worst thing about hell. And that's scary. That's scary. I remember one time we went fishing and we went camping and I had a pair of shoes. And that's the only shoes that I brought, Brother John. And, 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 and they got wet. We were playing in the river. And I needed them to dry out, so guess what I did? I sat them next to the fire the whole night so that they could dry out. Next thing I knew, when morning came, I was shoeless. They burned up. They caught on fire. (laughs) Hey, It's a place of fire, hell is. But not only that, it's a place of darkness. It's a place of darkness, Brother Ron. Raise your hand if you've ever... Been scared of darkness. It, 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 it darkness provokes fear. It provokes anxiety. If you don't believe me, we can do a litmus test. I, I I'll go to any kid's room, and at nighttime I'll turn off all the lights with the kid in there, and close the door and say and tell him I'll see you in the morning, and, and ten times out of ten what. It, the fact that it's darkness, the absence of light, is what scares them. It causes your imagination to run wild. You start, you, you, you start thinking, man, I, I, I hear, you start hearing noises that you've never heard before in your room. You, you, you start thinking of, of individual boogeymen in the closet, things under monsters under your bed. But the very next day, when it's daytime, I'll take the same kid. Open the, open the blinds and let the light in and let that kid and that kid will play in their room for the rest of the day until it's night. And not, not think one thing about a monster, not think one thing about a boogeyman under the bed, not think, not think any, just, I'm talking about have a smile on their face, brother Ron. And the reason why that is, is because of darkness. Hey, darkness brings anxiety and fear and despair and hopelessness. Hey, light brings peace. It brings a smile. It brings hope. Hey, there's a reason why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Hey, he brings peace in your life. He'll bring hope into your life. He'll bring happiness in your life. Hey, without Jesus, your life is a dark place. It's fearful. It's sorrowful. Hey, that's the reason why a lot of people that, that don't have Jesus in their life, that especially today, they talk about there, there's a mental battle. They struggle with their mind. Hey, because, listen to me, you have Jesus in your life. He will bring peace into your life. Amen. He, he will. That's what he brings with him. And, and I thought about this, Brother John. I told my wife. I said, man, if hell is so dark, man, I, I, I'd be scared to death. I remember one time we went to uh, and, and I, I don't I don't like haunted houses. I, I despise them. We, we went one time to Atlanta to a haunted house and they 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 put me in the very front. And I know why they did, because I screamed like a little girl and they thought it was funny. And brother John, you, you, you want to know why I was so fearful If you turned all the lights on in that place, I wouldn't be scared, Brother Tim. I'd be able to see what's coming. It'd be like walking through the mall. It'd be a weird mall, but it'd be like walking through the mall. (laughs) But you turn off the lights. That's what brings the fear. And I'm telling you, hell, there is no light. It's utter darkness. The Bible says that God dwells in the thick darkness. I couldn't imagine what hell's gonna be like because God's not gonna be in hell. I wonder how thick that darkness is gonna be. My mind cannot comprehend how dark that is. But hell's in a darkness place. Also, not only is it a place of fire, a place of darkness, Brother Derek, it's a place of loneliness. The one thing being married for seven years that I have enjoyed the most is the companionship that marriage brings. I know some of y'all, a lot of y'all, have been married far longer than seven years than Ash and I. I could not imagine doing life without her. I just like knowing that she's there. That that literally is my best friend outside of Jesus Christ. If you say, "Hey, brother Chris, you want to go play?" You, you want to go play golf? I love playing golf, but I have really enjoyed playing golf even more so now. Ash doesn't play; she just rides with me and reads. I love that, and, and it's because we're we're together, Miss Debbie companionship. And uh, I i couldn't... I, 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 my heart would break if if she were to leave me. Because I'd miss the fellowship. Yes, I'd miss being able to do life with her, Brother Tim. Yes, I, want, I want to know what probably made Hawaii a lot more special. You got to do it with her. Right. Right. And because she means a lot to you. Amen. And... I'm telling you, hell is so opposite of that. It is a lonely. I really do believe, Brother, Brother Terry, that hell, you'll, you'll hear that there are people around you, but you'll feel as if you're the only person there. And uh, I, that, that breaks my heart. I don't want anybody to, to feel that alone in their life. But it's a place of loneliness, but also it's a place of remembrance. I really do believe that you'll remember every single time. We, when, when somebody dies, we often say, hey, just remember the good times. In hell, you're not going to remember any good time. You're not going to remember your son's first birthday, your daughter's first birthday. You're not going to remember their wedding day or the birth of your grandchildren or great-grandchildren or your children in general. There'll be no happy memories in hell. But what you will remember are messages like this. You'll remember every time, Brother Tim, a gospel track was given to you, and you just cast it aside. That's why I've heard preachers say it all the time, that, that for, for a church person, hell's going to be a lot worse. Because you're going to remember every Sunday school lesson, every song, every message that he's preached to you. Every lesson a Sunday school teacher has taught to you. Some of y'all this morning, uh, it may be the first time you've ever heard the gospel or ever, ever heard about a man named Jesus Christ. But if you die and you go to this place called hell, you, real, you will remember this for the rest of your life, for all of eternity. But we see the what of this rich man. We see the where of the rich man. And lastly, and I'm done right here, if I could have somebody to come play the piano The, the who of this rich man. We see a name seen. We don't know who he is. We don't have his name. It, it just says a rich man. It just says a rich man. You know Jesus Christ? This is what blows my mind about Jesus and the Lord. He knew your name before your mom and dad ever knew your name. We spend a lot, brother Leo, we spend a lot of time in names, as I said. A lot of time, naming you after family members, naming you after loved ones, anybody, names are are important. Your, your name has a legacy attached to it. When when they hear so your your name, they, they think either good things or bad things. They do, but that's associated with a name. But we see a name seen here. He doesn't have one. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1 5, Before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee. That's why I believe, according to the Bible and that verse right there, Brother Tim, life begins at conception. It's not when the baby breathes its first breath. And, and honestly, it doesn't even matter what I believe. It's what the book says. I, I, that, that is one thing that has been so evident about my life. is before I got saved... I'd argue with this Brother Tim about what it said but now disagree with me I don't care I disagree with it sometimes because I don't like what it has to say about me but brother Ron I never never say like I did before I got saved that the Bible is wrong it's so right I've told you before I even believe the maps are right I believe the concordance is right. I believe where, where, you, where it, you put your name and it has deaths and births, I believe even that is right. I am so convinced that what this Bible says is right. Why? Because I'm putting my eternity in this. It, this book changed my life, brother. It, it changed your life, brother John. It changed my dad's life, my mom's life. It changed my mother-in-law's life. It changed my father-in-law's life. It changed my wife's life. It changed mine. And uh, we see here this name scene. We don't know his name, but we do know that your name can be sealed. The Bible says this about a child of God in Ephesians 1.13. In whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after... That ye believe, already saved, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I believe that book of life, Brother Derek, I know we've said it all the time. I probably even said it when I was preaching. They talk about, man, when you, you get saved, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Go on to read. It talks about, in Revelation that your name is blotted out of the book of life. If you're gonna blot something out, that means something was there already. If you blot out an answer on a test, that means a, an answer was already there, Miss Sue, but what you're doing is you're erasing it. You're blotting it out. That book of life, when it says, I've formed thee in the belly, When life begins at conception, Brother Terry, your name's in the book of life. Children that never make it in this world, they're in heaven. Why? Their name's in the book of life. But the Bible does say that if you die without Christ, your name will be blotted out. You'll be nameless. When you stand before Christ, that that judgment... And he says, depart from me. I never knew your name's not in the book of life. It's because your name has been erased. How sad is that? That a God that knew you when he formed you in the belly, he knew your name because you were not willing to accept his payment. He had to take, I'm going to use this for illustration, an eraser. And when you died without him, he had to erase that name. I mean his own his own creation, he's gonna have to look at you and say, I never knew you. That's why if you're saved, your name is sealed until the day of redemption, the Bible says. But the reason why this man doesn't have a name, he's not saved. His name has been blotted out, it's been erased. His name might have been Paul. It might have been been John. But he's in hell without a name. He didn't have to go there. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Don't look around, please.